0: Hello, beautiful people. Uh, Welcome back to the Take a Sip podcast. We are now on episode 7. I cannot believe that we are finally on episode 7. We've been pre-filming this series for you guys for a couple weeks now, so I'm so excited for you guys to see everything that we have in store for you guys. Uh, You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Today, I have a very, very special guest um, that I met. A couple years ago, maybe like two years ago, Mm -hmm. via social media, this is Gabriella MC.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: I'm going to let her go ahead and (laughs) take the floor and introduce herself. But before, in true Take a Sip podcast form, she brought me (laughs) some of her coffee from Postres Cafe. This is her cafe, and this is what I will be taking a sip on because it is (laughs) 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. I do not have time to be drinking. I have to work. You have to work. We have to get things done. So cheers. cheers. Take a sip. And I already had coffee, so. Girl, this is my second dose, so (laughs) (laughs) let's get it. All right, Gabby, tell everybody who you are and what they must know about you.
1: Hi, everyone. I am Gabriela MC. I am a business owner, content creator, mother of two, wife. Y
0: AKA Bad
1: Bitch. Bad Bitch. Delusional as fuck. <laughs> Wait, can I cuss? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, t- li madre. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Go ahead, girl. Este, I'm just basically someone that has a lot of, um, confidence in herself and i don't know if that's a gift or a curse but i really do believe i can do anything and i think my literal life is an example of that so now i'm here with jackie
0: (laughs) i think that your life is definitely the epitome of that i met gabby last year um, actually, in person, I had followed her on social media. Well, mm-hmm. we had followed each other on social media, yeah. But I met her actually in person last year, and we were doing actually an interview for Postres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insert clip here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were doing an interview for Postres for my business channel, and I just grew so fond of you that day. <laughs> like I, it was uh, such a beautiful experience, and I think too, sitting with you really resonated with mm-hmm. our community, the yeah. Hispanic community, so much. We got so much love on that video, mm-hmm. and it was just beautiful to know you and to know. How you made something out of nothing? We were literally, literally. just talking about this before uh, yeah. filming that she started the cafe, not knowing anything about anything that had to do with baking, nothing. and it would be like me starting a tire shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I was like, I would never do that. Like no. so, you're you're de- you're you're delusional, yes. balls to the wall, boss bitch. Period. Yes.
1: Like honestly, I I am a firm believer that life is really short. And why not try everything? And I think it's also, like, my experience as a social worker, working Mm -hmm. with people that are at the end of their lives. And I saw so many people get to their deathbed with, like, anxiety and fear and, like, what ifs. I was like, I am. I don't care if I look like a fool doing it. Like, me vale. I will try everything at least once except murder and heroin. I'm like, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think that's interesting that you just said that. Because I feel like not a lot of people really grasp the concept of, like, that you're not promised tomorrow and, like, to just try anything. And I feel like it's very hard for because pe- a lot of people say tomorrow's never promised. But I don't think people really grasp the concept of legitimately tomorrow's never promised. And I I was about to ask you, like, where did that framework of mind come from? But I get it. You said you work with people at the end of their life because yeah. I think that death is what taught me that too. Yeah.
1: So ever since I was a kid, I was that kid that was always like in the cheesemas that I wasn't supposed to be listening to. Like, you know, the the senoras be talking in the sala and you're over there listening. Like, and you're you, like, you had no business listening to I this know your mom told you cheese ass. Like, yeah. Like, what that was me. here? <laughs> yeah. That was me like AF since I was a kid. And, and I, I would, would just listen to them. And I'm like, I could never right like waste my time in those situations or things like that so i was like i'm gonna not do that and then go do this other thing hopefully it gives me a better outcome in life that's kind of how i've seen life like everyone's here to teach us something and i'm like who put that in my head as a kid i have no idea (laughs) i used to think it was like my education right in part it did help because it allowed me to like learn the terms to what i was already thinking and feeling Mm -hmm. but the combination of like how i was raised with the education and mental health and the experience in social work that is who i am now Mm -hmm. and so when i get an idea to do something like it's so fast and i don't think about like who's gonna say what or if it makes sense Mm -hmm. or like if it financially makes sense too because i'm like if it brings me joy it makes sense and it doesn't have to make sense to other people
0: yeah i totally relate to that i totally relate to always being like Oh, well, I thought of this. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. But I think even more after death or after my father's death, I think even more. I'm like, who's going to tell me something? Yeah. Like, and what? And what are you going to say? And how are you going to judge? Because at the end of the day, like, I could not wake up tomorrow Mm -hmm. and I don't want to die. Like not having done (laughs) what I wanted to do. (laughs) I mean, as long as I didn't hurt nobody. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I didn't hurt nobody, you know, on purpose, like or intentionally, you know, step on somebody or something like that, yeah. then exactly, how am I gonna die? That it scares me mm-hmm. to die or to be on my deathbed and not have done the things that I wanted to do mm-hmm. or the things that brought me joy. Mm-hmm. And you see that so much, right? When people are like nearing the end of their lives. I'm not sure exactly what you did for social work. I know that you did social work. Yeah, Yeah. So maybe if you could elaborate a little bit more. Yeah. So I did medical social work is like the
1: degree or whatnot. But I worked in dialysis. And so I dealt with people that were getting the dialysis treatment. When your kidneys fail, they go and connect it to a machine and it flushes out your toxins or whatnot. And the last two years I was in social work, I did hospice. So hospice is when you, you have did hospice, yeah
0: oh my gosh, you're so brave. I know right? Like ni
1: up and say like you're like, yeah, I' want do that. Well, because my husband's a hospice nurse,
0: and he's your husband's mm-hmm. a hospice. oh
1: my gosh,
0: yeah, oh, you guys are brave. I think I would take that stuff home. Well that's that's what I was
1: worried about when he first became a nurse, and that's the the field he chose, but he's always liked like the idea of being able to bring someone comfort mm-hmm. in their last days. So he, like, switched the framework, and it's worked for him. But when he was going through, like, 26, 27, he started coming into his own. And he got his motorcycle. He got his tattoos and like his parents were freaking out but to me it made a lot of sense yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah. you're like I get it you know
1: I'm like oh that's the power to you right and then when I started working in hospice I was like I get it now yeah I, <laughs> like, yeah. I understand like the that was already delusional right and yeah. then it's like that just reinforced it even more because I've seen people that show up with peace and with acceptance to their death which is very rare Like, Mm -hmm. most people are afraid. They don't want to talk about death, their families. So as a social worker in hospice, if the person that was the patient, for example, if they were still conscious, I could talk to them and ask them, like, are you ready and things like that? Or, like, is there anything that you want to do? Who do you want to talk to? Is there anyone you want to call? You know? Porque no les queda mucho tiempo. But a lot of the times they weren't conscious and they had already checked out, right, mentally right and this is when dementia alzheimer's comes in mm-hmm. and so me tocaba to work with the families and it's like usually it's one uh child and like there's a bunch of children and the children i there's more conflict usually yeah and so it's usually one or two people taking care of the patient and they're taking on all the emotional burden too because a lot of people focus on the patient but not the caregivers right and i tended to focus on them so that they could feel heard. Because I know it's about the patient. But you're the one dealing with.
0: With losing somebody too. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. And then that's when I started to see like patterns of how people express grief. And how it looks so different for everyone. So a lot of the time when the patient would pass away. I would come in and do like a family meeting. And kind of set the tone for them. Like hey. Some people are very vocal about their, their loss and their pain. Some people withdraw. They don't want sh- to be seen in pain so they'll grieve quietly while other people are gonna do it very loudly or in an anger type of you know approach Mm -hmm. so i just told everyone like keep that in mind as you're going through your own grief Mm -hmm. process Mm -hmm. and yeah it would help them be less um like judgmental of each other
0: right yeah so when you were doing hospice uh you said you did not really have a lot of engagement with the patients because they were kind of already checked Most out. Most of them. Mm-hmm. The view that you did have, did they make a huge impact on the framework of your mind? Can you give me an oh example of like the framework yeah. of your mind? Because mm-hmm. I feel like, again, not until you experience somebody's death yeah. and like actually see firsthand what it means, does it really make an impact
1: oh yeah and then one thing is to like be a social worker and have these patients and the other thing is to experience it myself right Mm -hmm. so but i mean like my one of my cousins passed away when i was at my last year at ucla and i could say she was like my older sister Mm -hmm. and her story is very tragic um and it's all rooted in like generational trauma but she was 34 when she passed away oh my gosh she was my age i got chills yeah she was 34 and she had had kidney failure since she was 21 so she was on dialysis and then she got kidney transplant and then the kidney transplant failed so she had to get back on dialysis and at the end um i had the blessing of having thanksgiving with her one last time in a couple days after she passed away and like the death cause was a high potassium so potassium is very dangerous for people with dialysis Mm -hmm, treatment mm -hmm. Um, But what's crazy about my experience with my cousin that made it full circle for me is that, remember, I worked in dialysis as like my first job after social work uh, school was in a dialysis clinic. But the one that I did my internship, that's where she used to go and get her treatment. And I didn't know that until literally like my last month there.
0: The doctor that was
1: in charge of like my supervision was her primary care physician.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: So I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm supposed to be in this field. And it was wild. But I also didn't process her, her loss. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like she was on vacation. And I was going to see her. And That's like she what was, you mentally told yourself? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she, was, she was the life of the party. She was that person. Mm-hmm. She literally, like, couldn't walk because she had, like, an amputated toe or something. But I andaba con su palo, like, in the middle of the dance floor. Just living. Living, you know? And I was like, why? Like, why her out of i'm just kidding not no diss to the rest of my family <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. i wish it was actually <laughs> <laughs> imagine Won't well, say any name <laughs> but yeah it was like her 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 loss was a big one porque se sintió. Like,
0: si.
1: family parties have never been the same and it's been like 12 years
0: yeah and so, so did okay just to chime in really quick did her life her in life teach you more about life or her in death teach you more about death because or about life because you're saying that she was so vibrant and like why her and why her Mm -hmm. but i feel like she's kind of the epitome of like i don't care what's going on in Mm -hmm. my life i'm still gonna live you're gonna see me happy yes that's
1: what i loved about her and she always voiced like how much she believed in me too Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so and she was she was i mean she grew up in east la Mm-hmm. she was, uh, like, in the 90s, she was a teenager. She had some hoops and some yes, dark hoop liners. Yes, yep. And it was, like, they would throw house parties, and they had, like, crew names and all this stuff. And the stuff. flyers? Yes, oh, I
0: feel
1: old. Updating <laughs> my, I'm like, that's my age. No way. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, that was her. And she would just always have, like, a joke to say, like, te levantaba el ánimo, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of the time we would get into these very deep conversations. Mind you, I was like 12 and she was probably 28. Like mega con mucho. And we still like were able to have conversations about life like that and I always just appreciated her being such like, a, a big support system in my life, but when I when I lost her, I I was able to see her story and her trajectory and I'm like, damn, like if this had happened, like her life would be so different. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz her dad is my dad's brother and they come from a line of trauma because my grandfather didn't raise them Uh so abandonment absent father Mm -hmm. created emotionally absent children my Mm -hmm. dad was emotionally absent Mm -hmm. but in his mind he did a lot better because he was physically there right but in my mind i watch disney channel and i was like why doesn't he get home and pick me up and like swing me around like these dads do on tv right and i was mad i'm like what the hell like i'm getting the short end of the stick here but i never had the capacity to understand his experience and where he came from so i looked at my cousin's life and i looked at her dad and it's like the same pattern and she was just seeking to be loved and at the end of the day she ended up in a really abusive relationship that basically got her killed
0: yeah
1: yeah. Oh, no. So it's it's very sad to see like how it all happened. And now that I'm, you know, 30 myself, like I'm getting close to how old she was. I'm like, damn, like if people really understood how life works, we would all be suffering much less.
0: I think that if we took more responsibility for ourselves to say, OK, I was raised this way, mm-hmm. but not necessarily excuse people but understand understand. because when we have empathy and when we we understand from an outside perspective and really remove ourselves like why we can allow ourselves to heal and allow ourselves to forgive because we see people with compassion Mm -hmm. like dang you did the best you could Mm -hmm. to you this was the best at the time in comparison to what you went through like and if we can kind of remove ourselves but it takes so much balls to Mm -hmm, do that mm -hmm. it takes so much balls to remove self and to have compassion for people because we're always focused on like you did this to me yes you did this to me Mm -hmm. and to the unforgiveness and i swear on my life you guys the less you forgive the less you will heal the more trauma you will store you are only hurting yourself Mm -hmm. by not removing self and understanding just the scope of things yeah. it doesn't mean that you have to accept tolerate or anything like that mm-hmm. it just means you understand yeah and you can kind of separate awareness yourself. yes awareness
1: too because if you take a look around you not everybody is aware mm-hmm. most people are not
0: mm-hmm. and
1: most people are afraid of knowing and understanding because then that creates a sense of responsibility yes like oh damn i know the problem now so do i have to fix this You know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But addressing the problem means facing yourself. And that's hard. People are much uh, more comfortable distracting themselves.
0: Yes. I've had to face myself a few times. I'm sure you have. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It
0: hasn't been pretty sometimes.
1: What was your process like?
0: Um, I think when I went to therapy, I had to do a lot of facing myself in terms of, like, how I reacted to situations and how how can i explain this to you i had to like it was hard for me because i had to look at myself and where my faults were mm-hmm. and like forgive myself for my fault and the contribution i had to certain situations because of my fault because of the way my hyper independence was because of my lack of forgiveness what mm-hmm. like all of these things that I was like, oh no, I'm perfect. You know, like, I don't do anything wrong. I nope. like, I'm, you know, like, and yeah. it was rough. It was hard for me to humble you real fast. It <laughs> humbled me so fast. Yeah. So fast. But then I also got the opportunity in doing that to kind of do this exercise. I don't know if it's an exercise. Maybe you know more about it than me or how to um, word it, but. I did something where I did a lot of talking to my inner child, like my me as a little girl. Oh, my eyes got watery. Mm-hmm. Like looking at her and telling her, like you know, it's okay. Like you're safe. You're or safe. It's okay. Like mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to protect yourself like this. Like not everybody's trying to hurt you, or you don't have. You can ask for help. Like tell my mm-hmm. little girl self these things. Mm-hmm. I think that that was one of the most healing exercises I had ever done in my entire life. Yeah. Like. And now whenever I have a moment of like, um, like where you digress, you Mm know, I'm like, oh, I need to I need to I need to make sure that she feels okay.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But a lot of it, the healing came after when I started to face myself as a little girl Mm -hmm. and be like, you're good.
1: It's so crazy how a lot of people are like, well, how do we process trauma? Right. Because mm-hmm. um, I mentioned the, the patients that had like dementia and how dementia ends up being your body storing the trauma that you live through and it not being able to process it. So it causes inflammation in your body and causes inflammation in your bones. Eventually it goes to your brain and then you check out. Right. Um, the ability to face yourself comes with awareness. Like you had to somehow at some point come across this idea of like talking to your inner child and you were like what the heck mm-hmm. like how does one even do that you know mm-hmm. but you have the opportunity to do it and you face yourself but some people won't do it mm-hmm. and some people are not
0: ready for it and i don't think people understand what it like what it really means and the value of it
1: no and i think part of accepting uh, your awareness too is understanding that the person you might love the most for example our parents siblings
0: mm-hmm.
1: it might not happen for them in this lifetime Mm -hmm. right and then that becomes like what you want to tell them because you're like oh my gosh life is so much better after you do this and like you could be so happy and you wouldn't suffer as much but it's not their time Mm -hmm. and so that becomes really hard for you it's like oh like how do i still support you without getting like too involved in your journey and knowing like where to draw that boundary
0: because everybody has a different point of Mm self-awareness yeah
1: yeah Once you
0: understand that everybody out
1: in society is operating at a different level of consciousness Mm -hmm. and that their timing is different and their life purpose is different, like you will stop taking everything personal. Yes. Like it's so liberating.
0: (laughs) Yes. I really don't take much personal. I really don't. And I really try to like observe them as what they are. Yes, of course, it'll affect me for a second or two or a day or two. And I have my moment because I'm human. But then I'm like, hmm there's some things that you have going on that are not in my control or whatever. And that applies to anybody, you know, even my kids, as they're growing up, Mm -hmm. they're developing their own character. And I know sometimes I just got to let them have their moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it also becomes hard to be that person in the family, because if you're the one voicing it, you're going to hear a lot of feedback. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't get affected by it, like Mm -hmm. you're still going to hear it. Yeah. And you're like, damn, like I was just trying to, help you or i was just trying to do this so that you had a better outcome and you're just like turns out like i'm a bitch now like <laughs> what <laughs> like, okay they're same. like oh she's here again yeah, with yeah, her like, opinion Ay, esta mamona, like, yeah, yeah 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 no totally
0: <laughs> i get it uh so i do want to touch on the fact that you just had a video go viral okay. and you were talking about um pretty much inflammation in the body and how Uh, Some of our traumas affect our body and just I want to do a a deeper dive into that and how like vitamin D and all those things, because Mm -hmm. I do I am a huge believer in. Uh, trauma really affecting our body because even down to looking at pictures of myself when I was still married Mm -hmm. and still in that relationship, I don't recognize myself. Like, yeah, I got some Botox or whatever, some filler, (laughs) but, but I don't recognize myself because I don't see myself in my eyes. I see nothing. I see darkness, sadness, loneliness, emptiness. Like I can look at my pictures and I feel so sad for the person that I see. And I see pictures now, and videos, and they're just so full of life and animation, and it's mm-hmm. ha- just gotten better over the past two years. So, I'm a huge believer that our trauma really
1: gets stored in your it's body. It's in here. And my bo-
0: dude, another one, my knees. My knees used to they're hurt. Crunching. <laughs> yes, my knees used to hurt at the gym yeah. when I would squat heavy, like the joints right here. Mm-hmm. And in my lower back, they used to hurt really bad. I don't have any more pain, and I don't take fish oil, I don't take anything. Yeah so a lot of the
1: things that i noticed so
0: because i was in medical social work
1: right i had the unique experience of looking at people's health charts yeah and their social background and i'm the only one that was looking at both doctors usually ask social workers for like the family dynamic if they're gonna Mm -hmm. get surgery or whatever like who's gonna help the patient recover right right that's the only reason why they would look into family history. Right. Social workers look into family history to identify childhood traumas, to identify like, okay, so you live with your husband. How's your relationship? Is it someone that like supports you or is it someone you're afraid of? You know, like these dynamics really affect a patient's mental health. Right. And so if we identify like anxiety, symptoms of depression, um, we refer them to clinical psychology or a licensed clinical social worker. Right. And so- in reviewing these charts over six years that I was in social work, I started noticing a pattern between childhood trauma and their diagnosis of Alzheimer's dementia. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have a feeling that people who have a messed up childhood or um, they had to work really young and they didn't get to live a childhood or they had an abusive marriage and things like that, they end up getting dementia because their mind is just so full of the pain that it rather leave them than stay here all the way to the end. And a lot of the times it's sad. It's like it's basically when the person's the happiest, when they don't remember anything anymore. Yeah. So anxiety ends up affecting your memory. Even, I don't know if you can think back to when you had, you know, trauma in your life, you forget a lot of things. You do. There's some people that forget complete eras
0: mm-hmm. of their
1: of their lives. And Then we're calling it ADHD, right? Like, oh, it's because I'm so distracted. But I'm like, it's because you're in your mind trying to escape Mm -hmm. your reality Mm -hmm. because you didn't have another sense of safety. And so I started seeing this pattern and it became so easy for me to tell where there was generational trauma. Because you know how there's that belief that uh, wealth lasts three generations? Right. Right. It's the same thing with generational trauma. It happens in threes. Mm -hmm. If you... Take a look at anybody in your life and you you can either tell either they're the narcissistic parent Mm -hmm. that like starts the messed up cycle Mm -hmm. or they're the emotionally absent person Mm -hmm. or they're the anxiety, depression, grandchild of that person. Like, and
0: what comes after that please tell me it's happy because whoa, whoa. i think i'm like i'm like well, i'm counting i'm like okay got the narcissist got that one i'm like okay i know my mom suffered with anxiety depression i hope mine is happy next because so yes yeah, so
1: usually you have a one person so it's it's like i explained in another video like in order for you to have a horror movie it has to have these certain elements and there's always like some ugly ass house in the woods That, for whatever reason, the family's there. The parents don't want to leave. And then the kids start seeing some shit. Yes. And then some dumb bitch falls and she gets taken. I saw that. I saw that video. I saw that video. Yeah. These things have to be in place. You're like, all horror movies are the same. Yes, they are. (laughs) So just like those are the same, generational trauma is always the same. Mm -hmm. It's a narcissistic person. Mm -hmm. And then it's an emotionally absent schizophrenic bipolar like they end up getting these things because they're coping with a narcissistic person that's unable to see how they impact others because that's the literal diagnosis and then you have the grandkids Mm -hmm. that are usually either coping with drugs or anxiety depression medication like because they're just trying to deal with right right there's always going to be one person in that family system that's the observer and that's gonna speak out and break the cycle right so these things have to happen in order for that one person to wake up and for the healing to occur.
0: I'm like, you're welcome, family. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But those people are usually the black sheep. <laughs> same, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah same.
0: Hey. <laughs> High five.
1: <laughs> Hi. Yeah. So th- and if you look at all of humanity, it's literally the same thing. And yeah. that's, that's how we evolve as humans. Because there's that one person in the, in the group. But that's why it feels so slow. Yeah. like why do people don't get it but because most people are not supposed to yeah because they're,
0: they're not all the changers or the no
1: and I had a like an instinctive feeling like I don't think we're all supposed to wake up at the same time because that would be chaos yeah like imagine we all understood it, it, no no it's <laughs> like, too much yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah, you're right like, you're right. energetically it wouldn't work and as I've like evolved in my own spiritual journey it makes a lot of sense and again we just have to hear people's responses to what we say but if at the end of the day we know in our hearts that we're following our higher path like who cares
0: okay speaking on spirituality a little bit uh i'm not sure if you're christian or not or you're i was raised catholic, catholic.
1: but i'm spiritual in the sense that like god is everywhere he's you god is within you i believe that
0: okay yeah. Okay, so in the spiritual sense, because you know how they say that we carry, like, generational curses. So we're talking about generational trauma, generational Mm -hmm, curses. mm -hmm. Do you believe that uh, spirituality has, like, something to do with breaking that trauma, breaking those cycles? And at some point, it does end? Mm -hmm. Okay, Absolutely. I think this is how humans are supposed to evolve. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: That's why only certain people in the family have that. Like knowledge. Yeah. You know? It's not for everyone. Yeah. It really isn't because some people have don't understand that it's like a gift or it's um uh, your life purpose. Yeah. To be in that in that headspace. And one of the things I learned too about when people pass away is that whatever lesson they were supposed to learn here on earth, if they didn't, they learn it when they cross and yeah. then when they transition. And so they're truly happy. On the other side. Yeah. And they just join the rest of your ancestors and become your spirit team. And now they're literally there to make your life easier here on Earth yeah. while you're still here. And so that kind of gave me a sense
0: of relief. Loki, that makes me excited to die. Like, not to be no, morbid, yeah. But it makes me so excited yeah. to. Because I <laughs> really feel so much peace and happiness on its own. Like, mm-hmm. even with life happening, that I can just imagine it with it being undisturbed. Like, what? yeah. Like take me there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I mean of course it like it depends on, on how open you are to that, right? Because I, I was raised Catholic, so it was very like organized. Like I was too this is where God is at. You have to go here every Sunday, like stuff like that. So I was like, uh I It was don't very know.
0: ritualistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was
1: operating outside of that. Like I'm like God is in everyone and the conversations I have with people at the cafe, for example, I'm like, there's God there's God energy in there. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that because it's not in a temple. I'm not going to get credit for it. Like, Girl, no.
0: (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's how much of a relationship you have or whatever your spiritual path you're on Mm -hmm. and however much of a relationship you had. I just thought that it was an interesting correlation between having like dealing with generational trauma and like what's passed down in your bloodline and also generational curses. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like it's up to us to kind of break those cycles and it's all part of it like it's all linked up together and usually
1: those people are very artistic and creative yeah and those are the people that create films that like touch an entire generation you know what i mean yeah 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 it's all like purposeful
0: it's beautiful yeah actually it's 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 terrible but it's beautiful it's a beautiful crazy beautiful mess
1: it's a it's a courageous path to take yeah because most people are like, oh, if I had known, like, how lonely it was going to be right before they get to, like, the flow oh, stage. No, 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 I know. It came out, because you know I'm stupid like that. Like, I
0: don't take myself too seriously. The hook was good. But, like, lonely. But it was the content. Yes. It was the content. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, what do you think about the content that
1: resonated? I think the fact that I talked about how much pain I was in when I was 23. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not supposed to be in this much pain at 20 years old um i had just had my daughter so it was my second child and for whatever reason i didn't keep taking the prenatals i think it has to do with that too but i was dealing with postpartum depression
0: your hormones were a mess
1: they were and then i was trying to carry her and she weighed like i don't know eight pounds or something like not grande and my elbows were hurting my wrists my hips my knees like you know how you said your knees were mm-hmm. hurting i'm like there's something wrong like why am i feeling this and so i would go to the doctor they would run labs oh everything's fine like you're just going through depression you're gonna be okay whatever and my mentor shout out to her she was like Miha, it sounds like you have your vitamin d low Mm -hmm. go get it checked which is crazy because they're not going to check it it's for whatever reason it's a separate blood exam like it's not included in your yearly labs Mm -hmm. and i was like hmm so then i started doing research and vitamin d comes from the sun Yes. Right? So before the pandemic hit, I really foresaw a big hike in um mental health issues. Right. Because vitamin D de- deficiency is linked to anxiety. It's linked to bone pain, hair loss,
0: mm-hmm. stress,
1: and it's because you're not giving your body enough sun. Mm-hmm. When on earth are you if you're like a typical American living in the west side that has a job from nine to five, you're always in an office if you're driving to work you're inside a
0: car. Mm-hmm. if you go
1: to the gym, you're inside another building mm-hmm. like when are you seeing the the sunlight? you know
0: I, I think that most people don't even know how much of a impact the sun has like mm-hmm. it it literally is a life force
1: it is, and it, we're told to stay out of it for what yeah. colorism
0: yeah girl i don't even wear sunscreen so don't even try me you know like yeah. the
1: the culture too it doesn't yeah. help mm-hmm. stay out of the sun because you're gonna get dark and the
0: fuck <laughs> dude you i eat my breakfast outside i eat my lunch outside yeah. i let the sun kiss my skin at any chance i can get mm-hmm. because i feel it makes me feel alive it literally does. to put it in like short terms and i I don't know that I, I I had anxiety. I don't know that I ever suffered necessarily from depression, maybe postpartum, but like in terms of the past two years and post my relationship, mm-hmm. I started to have and post death also an appreciation for like being outside. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, I got like an overdose of sun while I was in Lake Arrowhead. Cause mm-hmm. I was outside for the a retreat I just went on and that overdose of sun Filled me with so much emotion, mm-hmm. like, so much love and joy and, like, all. I just felt, like, like so alive. And that was for a few hours of sun every day. Mm-hmm. The sun makes such a huge difference. People are like, oh, I'm sad. Close the blinds. They want to close the blinds. you yeah. are making it worse. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes. That's why, like, sadness in film, it's associated with darkness and, like, slow music with, like, low vibrato and all that. It's all connected, like, energetically. Yeah. And we start conditioning our kids since they're little. They're in school all the time. They see the sun for, like, 30 minutes in recess if yeah. they got sun. Not my kids. You know?
0: Uh-uh, girl. My kids see- are not allowed to be inside the house when they get home. Yeah. They go That's right good. outside. No tablet, no phone, no PlayStation. Go outside.
1: And you're doing amazing
0: for Thank you. That. Yeah. 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 I send yeah. them out because... I feel like they're more fun Mm -hmm. and they're happier. They come inside. They're tired. They had fun with their friends. They did their own little problem solving Mm -hmm. with their friends. They come in all dirty, black, all (laughs) kinds of mess. And I'm like, it's shower time. They're like, yeah, we get some food. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, did you have a good day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so it makes such a huge difference in the way that you feel and people underestimate even going outside I don't know if you do this or done this, but you ever go outside barefoot?
1: I ground myself, yeah. Same. I've been doing
0: that for years. Oh my gosh, yeah. same. Therapy changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, people underestimate all these, like, very simple things that you can do and mm-hmm. put into effect okay. yep. in your life that makes such a huge difference for how you feel.
1: Absolutely. So it's, like, vitamins, sun, mm-hmm. ground in yourself. Like, yes. your life will just get so much better. And it's, like, those are very inexpensive. They're yes. accessible. Except, like for whatever reason we lose our sense of like being a child and we just stay inside we don't want to get you know we don't want to get dirty whatever like we lose that and then we wonder why we're depressed and anxious and we hate our lives and then we call it like a quarter life crisis or something <laughs> and I'm just like <laughs> It's just literally your brain's not done developing until you're 25. So whatever you did. We just talked
0: about really? this. Yeah, we were talking about this
1: this morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, give yourself grace. Like you literally did not know what you were doing. Yeah. And by that time I had two kids already and I was like six years deep into my marriage. And like yeah.
0: We literally just had a conversation about being 25 and her frontal lobe. Sophia's 24. You guys, Sophia's behind the camera. And we were just, I've been on her butt about doing certain things and like just working on herself. She's like, listen, I'm going to turn 25. My frontal lobe is going to be developed. So give me some time. I have four months. I was like, okay, you have four months, girl. Yeah. I'm tired. I've
1: been working with someone uh, like coaching them and they just turned 25 on Sunday. And literally the day before, they were like, oh, my gosh, I'm free. And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, I get it. Like, I understand it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, your brain really said 25. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it said it. Here I am. Okay, Sophia, yeah. we have hope. We have yeah. hope. We're yeah. almost there. We're almost at the finish yeah. line.
1: Also, I'm like, if people just knew, like, how we evolve spiritually, energetically, and biologically, like, we wouldn't be freaking out so much. Yeah. We'd, everybody takes a chill pill. Like, relax. We'll be f- okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you feel like that gives you more insight on yourself and your own personal developing, develop I'm sorry, development, being that you know these frameworks and these like timelines. Mm-hmm. So where are you at? Like give us an example. So we just talked about Sophia's age range and like the frontal lobe and all that. Where are you at?
1: I just turned thirty.
0: So. Oh, I love 30, girl. <laughs> it just gets better, let me tell yeah, you.
1: I'm so excited to be in my 30s, but I just went through my, like, spiritual awakening. It was from about 27 Tell me that shit 30. does not put you on your ass. Yes, yeah, I it got dragged. Life had hands, and it beat my ass. But it was like, okay, you want to be a millionaire? You want to be this big, bad bitch? Like, step it up. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> it was ghetto, but it was worth it. Um, I learned, like, I really faced myself. I was like, damn. Because I started Postres. I opened the doors, like, right after turning 27. I was like, no, man. it's like, con razón. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Like, I'm going on three years in June, and it's not the same business anymore. Yeah. The, the same people are not with me. I'm not the same person. And I'm just like, but I'm Major so happy. evolution. Yeah i'm so happy and like i also allowed myself to get help from people Mm -hmm. because forever the hyper independence right i don't know how to ask for help i can do this i can prove it to you and i'm like why why am i trying to do life alone like there's Mm -hmm. no need and Mm -hmm. so the moment i started allowing that into my life it just carried me like i had to surrender and i was like period i'm I'm here for it i'm here for the soft era yeah (laughs) I'm like, say. Yes, I love it, and it's like it's because you push through and learn the lessons you had to learn during that time. Like, yeah. If you don't, then it comes back at fifty. Yeah,
0: I think I definitely got whammyed. Mm-hmm. I got smacked in the face, but I think my time was more from twenty nine to thirty two. Mm. My my time period. I feel like it's around the same range. But did you have a baby during that time? Yes. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I had Mila,
1: mm-hmm. my
0: daughter, uh, and around that time, everything happened—from mm-hmm. my kid to the affair in my marriage, to mm-hmm. then the separation, to then business changing, to then moving. Like it's like
1: you crumble. So and fall apart many so that things, the real you has to come forward.
0: So many things fell uh-huh. apart. It was one of the hardest times of my entire life. But now, in retrospect. I feel so thankful for that person, like thankful for you, thankful for everything that you were able to survive. And like now being on this other side, I feel like I have tools and I'm better equipped to serve.
1: Yes. And that's that's what actual self-love is. When you're able to look back at previous versions of yourself and feel that sense of gratitude. Yeah. Because each version of you had to do her thing in order for this version of Jackie to be here. Yeah.
0: I feel terrible for her, though. (laughs) My girl, you was like, nobody knew that you were in that car (laughs) punching the steering wheel. You were in that closet, screaming into the pillow, crying, Mm -hmm. begging for answers. And it was like, no matter what I begged for, what I reached for, it was like, nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Like, you just have to go through this. Yeah,
1: you have to get through it.
0: And it was hard.
1: Do you believe that you became the person... So let's say prior to this transformation you used to be this type of person and you like that version of yourself and then for whatever reason she got lost during your transition yes Mm -hmm. yeah you came back to her
0: i came back to her to a more evolved her her to a more evolved her i feel like i always knew inside who i wanted to Mm -hmm. be and who who i defined myself as Mm -hmm. but i feel like I couldn't be that because there was so much going on. And now that ha- time has passed, and especially now two years later, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm at the very start, beginning, starting yeah. line of and like, so oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just wait. Yeah. I don't know what God's going to do with me, but he's going to do a number. Yes. A good one. Absolutely. Because now I feel safe. Mm-hmm. I feel safe. I feel safe to be myself. I feel safe to um voice my opinion i feel safe to do anything nothing scares me anymore mm-hmm. as a matter of fact i just lost my tiktok you know that
1: oh my god i know
0: what I, the hell i hit uh 250k on tiktok like two weeks ago april 15th. Uh-huh. i was really happy today's april 24th mm-hmm. and um it's been nine ten days and uh i lost it and i think an old version of me Or the person that was hurting would have been like, Mm ah, because this is something that I'm holding on to. This is like my survival. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel any of those things. I know me. And I did it once. I'll do it again. again. I'm like, (laughs) and the world doesn't end because guess what? I'm alive. I got Mm -hmm. breath in my lungs. Mm -hmm. The sun will still kiss my skin. The rain will still fall. Like it does not matter I feel so alive. There's nothing that you can take from me that will steal the joy that's inside just because I'm so thankful to be alive.
1: That's powerful.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, let's keep it moving. And I think that being in that place now, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just so blessed yep. for the smallest things. Yep. That all these other things that happen around me that are not in my control. I feel okay with because no matter what, I can't control it.
1: You're flowing. Yeah,
0: I can't control it. Mm-hmm. What do I gain from trying to control something that I can't control? Yeah. I'm literally torturing myself.
1: Control is just a fancy word for fear.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't do any, like you, I, I feel like so many of us drown in that because that was, that was me. Confession too, obviously yeah. that was me. Um, But I feel like a lot of us drown in like wanting to control the outcome of everything and when we don't get that it's when we crumble because yeah. we're like oh we're wanting it to be this way and if you just let it go and let it be whatever it is you know what's crazy though like we're socialized to think that we have control
1: yeah like that's how they raise you like oh you can do this it's your fault you did this like there's there's such a like fine like fine balance between those two things like you are responsible for the decisions you make yeah. right you are responsible for taking aligned action, but as far as the outcome, you can't control that. All you have to do is surrender to the universe, to God, to your higher power, that the best outcome for your life purpose is going to come. Yeah. And when you do that, like, how fun is it for life to surprise you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I I'm like, sometimes I'm like, no, you could have kept that surprise to yourself. I, no, I didn't want that one. But <laughs> but I I really live like.
1: Every day like that. Like, hmm, what's going to happen today? <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, I need to get more organized as far as, like, meetings and stuff goes. But outside of compromises que tengo con la gente, like, it's surprised me, universe. Like, show me how good it gets. Yeah. And it
0: gets really good. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. It really does. When you kind of just go with the flow and you kind of mm-hmm. just go with, like, whatever momentum is coming in and just yeah. kind of live just thankful, Yeah, it makes all the difference in the world giving you
1: more things to be grateful for because that's the energy you're putting out yeah So it's like okay you like that let me give you more of that because that's what you're in that's what you're thinking about so it expands
0: Yeah. yeah i and i think that that's one of my favorite compliments ever is like oh i love your vibe or like you Make me feel happy or like, mm-hmm. oh, I think that that's one of my favorite compliments because I'm like, damn, I worked so hard to be that to mm-hmm. get here, mm-hmm. like to feel that for myself. So for other people to feel it around. It's also me. why
1: you're not willing to compromise it.
0: Oh, dude, <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started on not compromising. Yeah. Oh, Lord, no. Yeah, there will be no compromising here, no. sister.
1: Mm-mm. If it's not 100 percent, fuck, yeah, I'm excited about this. Don't do it. Yeah. If there's an ounce of like, maybe, mm, I'm not sure. Don't do it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, there's no explanation. Like, how are you going to tell people, like, I just don't vibe with you? They'll be like, what the fuck. <laughs> like, I'm Sorry. Sorry, but I literally cannot be around your low energy. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and I can feel that, too. Yeah. That's that's one of the gifts that comes with doing the work. Yeah. That you're so, because I don't know if you know this, but like, all of our senses, like, even our the hairs on our arms are there to tell us information about our
0: environment. I didn't know that. Yes, your hair. I'm like, tell me more. Educate Girl, me. Yes. Educate like, me. Like, our
1: hair picks up energy. And so, you know how, like, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up uh-huh. when you're in fear? That's not just the saying? Nope. Oh. It's okay. collecting data for data. I'm like, get you. a pen. <laughs> no, it is. That's why you're not supposed to ignore, like, instinct or gut feelings. Because it's your body telling you. And a lot of the time, um, I know I've watched documentaries about serial killers and all this stuff. But it's, like, the the women that end up falling. For these people they had a gut feeling they ignored it because they're socialized to help in anyone that's in in, in need absolutely and right. then they're like remember men are never going to ask a woman for help if they actually need help so that's a red flag and it's like do not ignore your instincts but we're so like no let me we have lord savior's complex or whatever it's called y ahí vamos. Oh, i could change him Bitch, no you can't. No. <laughs>
0: I'm not trying to change nobody. Mm-mm. We can't change ourselves. Girl, <laughs> I'm not, I I don't I don't want that's who you are? That's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want to change moving. nobody. I don't want to change anything or anything. I actually recently uh had been dating somebody and um he said something to me like on a drunken night, mm-hmm. said something like, um, You're too good for me, like you're too good for me, like, you're amazing, you're great, and all this stuff. And as he was saying that, I had never thought that I would be this person, but as he was saying that, I was like, yeah, well, maybe I am. So then, like, I can't change that, so we shouldn't date. Mm -hmm. Because if you think that, I'm not here to make you feel comfortable, Mm -mm. nor am I here to justify why I am good enough for you. You can't see that? That's okay. I really like you, pero. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here. I'm not here to do any of that work. No. That's not my and job. That's, that's the thing, too, about being
1: in your light, right? It's going to attract some darkness, naturally. Yes. Gonna Why that, saying, you? You're going to be hit with some weird shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Universe, hear me <laughs> out. I'm tired. Leave me alone.
1: Like, literally. Oh. So it ends up, attra- people, like, They like your energy for them. Yeah. Not because it's you.
0: Yeah. So be careful with that. But I mean. I think discernment really helps now though. Yeah. Like you really kind. I'm not a guarded person. I'm not like. I'm not going to let you in. I'll let Mm -hmm. you in. And I'll give you some time. Like a month. Two months. And then if I start to see. I'm like.
1: Nope. Mm -hmm.
0: This isn't for me.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awareness. And like. The thing. Like anybody listening to this podcast. It's gonna come with time, yeah. So be patient with yourself. If you're like, damn, like why did I end up in this fucked up relationship? Like you blame yourself for it. Like it's part of your journey. So give yourself grace.
0: Like, yes,
1: it's okay.
0: <laughs> and also, guys, I'm I'm not like a spring chicken, okay? Like I was in the military. I did four years of a service. I have a college degree. I have three kids. I have two boys and one girl all three different personalities i was married i went through a, an affair i went through therapy to try to recover that affair like i had a business i closed the business like you already made lost a, lot a million lives. dollars <laughs> lost a million dollars you know what i mean like yeah. i've done quite a lot so do not be discouraged by yes. and i'm also 34 so i'm like
1: i wonder do you i'm know not know in my early 20s type? you know huh do you know your energy type or no
0: no how would you find that out oh
1: because I have a feeling like you're either a manifester or a manifesting generator.
0: Oh, I don't even know what that no. is. Where do you find that? No. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me like what color I am. I'm like, no. bitch, I'm yellow. <laughs> Whatever yellow is, I'm yellow because I'm just happy. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, yellow is a powerful color. But no, my, uh, your energy type is based on like your birthday.
0: Oh, really? No, I have no
1: idea. Yeah. Well, it goes so, on
0: Google. Hey, Sophia starts researching me. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: there's this app called My Human Design and it tells you everything. Really? Really? I think if you look at, I want to say it, like you're either a manifestor or manifesting generator. Like get up with that because of your trajectory.
0: Interesting. Yeah, and
1: there's o- only nine percent of the world's population is a manifester Myself included.
0: Yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. So I'm like,
1: <laughs> I'm
0: like, no, so dos
1: locas and like, <laughs> and I?
0: I'm like, okay, girl, say less. Gonna do that. Write that down, Sophia. So we could do that after. Yeah. very interesting Mm -hmm. um okay so then now touching on some of the things that you've gone through and Mm -hmm. some of the things that you've overcome um as open as you want to be Mm -hmm. uh you just released a book Mm -hmm. Uh, i haven't got it yet i know Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just put it on pre-order yeah um and you talk about some of the trauma that you faced as a child and growing up Mm -hmm. and um how that shaped you and how it made you to be where you are yeah um, can you talk a little bit more about that or like mm-hmm. share whatever you can with me yeah so
1: i think one of the things that we were talking about is grief right and how we process it for me one of the ways of processing grief is to write mm-hmm. and i never set out to be an author like when i was little mm-hmm. um but I, w- I was always really good at writing mm-hmm. and I just read a lot. The Chiquita. Entonces, when I wrote the first book, it was just about my college experience and what happened to me from 16 to 19 years old. Entonces, it's the first generation experience, the culture, like when you leave your house to go to school, when you come back and you try to connect and it's not the same anymore. It's all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I remember that book. I remember so, we talked about that. Initially. Yeah.
1: So that one ends when I tell my parents I'm pregnant and that I'm going to get married and shit hit the fan of course you know like i got pregnant at 19 i wasn't married and if there if you come from a traditional mexican catholic family it's like you're supposed to wait till marriage to have sex and then you get married through the church and then you have a baby and then you baptize the baby like there's all these things right Mm -hmm. And i was like yeah no that's not gonna work (laughs) so i didn't know if my parents were gonna go to my wedding or not But that's where the first book ends the first book starts the day of my wedding in vegas
0: yeah
1: entonces that in itself i i was hesitant because people were like are you gonna write a second book gabby are you gonna do it and i was like i think it's time because last year i did a lot of inner child healing and i know you talked about this process earlier Mm -hmm. the reason why i felt it had to be last year was because my my daughter was five at the time Mm -hmm. so again self-awareness when it happened to me i was seven okay and if when i started healing i started looking at my matrilineage my mom's dad passed away when she was seven and my grandma her childhood best friend passed away when she was seven oh my gosh. and so there's this generational trauma that happens for us at seven, seven. for whatever reason and my daughter turning five kind of Made me anxious because if it's one thing, and, and this is also like trigger warning, right? <laughs> um, sexual assault mm-hmm. in families—it's mm-hmm. very common, and people are not going to talk about it. And I feel it's, like it's
0: very common in our community, yes,
1: and the Latino community. Yeah, it's very common, and they much rather keep the family together than advocate for the child mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and so. I started doing inner child work by first like playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. That's I I was 7 when I learned how to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. It's, so I stopped playing it when I started feeling distant from my family. When I started feeling the rejection because you know you're a kid everyone thinks you're cute. And then you hit a certain age and they're like, "Ay, estás bien gordita." Ajá, uh-huh.
0: cuando se caen los dientes también yes. and you're just like, Like you suddenly up. You, they I hate those pictures yes. by the way. When
1: I was that age I'm like, "Oh." Yeah, so you get objectified. Like, oh, you can't be wearing that porque los viejos te van a ver. They do that to you. Uh-huh. And so when I started feeling that kind of vibe from the family, I just, the guitar thing stopped. Uh-huh. And I mean, I wanted to pursue music, but. Como que se apagó.
0: Tu luz. Mm-hmm.
1: And so for me, I started playing the guitar again last year, and that like started moving energy for me. And I was like, oh shit, here we go. Uh-huh. And I had a very healing experience with a spiritual healer in Mexico, mm-hmm. Del Rancho de Donde es Mi Mama, like literally from over there. And we did guided meditation for inner child healing. And before we started, the first thing she said, she said, Are you ready to forgive your mom? Y yo.
0: yes. I, I think ah. that made my eyes
1: water. <laughs> no but I was like, I'm ready. I'm tired of having this in my heart. I need to let go and forgive. When the people don't ask, and you have to find it in you to forgive them Mm -hmm. before they even ask. And a big part of me always felt like she wasn't going to understand in this lifetime how bad I needed that. And so, in the meditation, I met my inner child and I asked for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I let her know she was going to be okay and that she was safe. And I did the same thing with my mother's inner child and my grandmother's. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, when I did that with my grandmother's inner child, is when I started sobbing. And like, really felt the release because our trauma comes from our grandmothers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I had that experience and I came back to the US and I met with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, girl, I have to tell you something. <laughs> because for the longest, they were like, why don't you come around to family parties? Like, why do you always come late and you leave early? Like, why? Because it is mamona, basically,
0: right?
1: And I'm like, I need to explain to you like my life experience and how it's connected to you. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know about your other 20 grandkids or your seven children, but this is how I've experienced being your granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And I told her everything that's, that she knew mm-hmm. already about the sexual assault. And part of me was angry because I'm like, everybody knew. And no one did anything. So, como dice Jenny Rivera, agarraos de la mano, chinguen todos a su madre. That's me fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, no, because these were all adults. And they didn't do anything, you know? And they
0: still don't. Mm-hmm. They still rather cover. You, you vocalized this when you were a child.
1: When it happened I I your mother. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she decided to keep it under wraps. Because she's like, no, your dad's going to kill him and go to jail. And you're going to lose your dad. And as a kid, I was like, no, I don't want to lose my dad. Yeah. You know? So it became. Uh, talk about like,
0: like the, the biggest big. fear as a mother.
1: Yeah. And so for me, the biggest wound was like when I became a mother. So when I was pregnant with Emily, but Mm -hmm. I saw Emily's in the back cover of my book Mm -hmm. because being pregnant with her, they were trying to plan my baby shower. And my mom insisted on inviting her family. And I was like, I cannot have your family there. Like Mm -hmm. you don't understand. And Mm -hmm. that's when it all came out, like all the anger. I was like, when are you going to choose your daughter? Like stop putting your family first. And like, I know that it's all connected to trauma. Mm-hmm. the therapist in me knew that but the daughter in me was angry and was hurt You know, me fui I'm like she, she's never gonna get it and having my daughter is what brought my voice back because <laughs> when I started playing the guitar last year ella se arrimaba conmigo a cantar and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> like this is insane yeah yeah you know and I knew that I had to do the healing work and, then, and I knew that when I did it it was gonna come out artistically Mm-hmm. I knew it was like a blockage that I had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I love music. I love. You do. You sing I so love, good. <laughs> yeah. I love singing, pero I never felt comfortable in front of those people. Mm-hmm. And I even stopped doing it at family parties because my aunts would come up to me. and ¿por qué no cantas? No, es que yo ya me reté de los escenarios, tía. Yo ya no. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would
1: say that, you know.
0: I'm no longer an MTV girl. Yeah, yeah. Like, I
1: would just say that, but it was really a cover for like, I can't. I, I don't feel safe around you guys to be myself like that you Mm -hmm. know and so for me this book writing it it was important that i talk about it because so many women go through it and it's again one of the terrifying it's one of the biggest fears we have of something happening to our children and us feeling like we can't help them Mm -hmm. and that's when it got more fucked up for me Mm because when i had my daughter right but when i had my daughter i was like oh my gosh you touch my child i will come for blood Yeah. yeah and so it messed with me that it didn't happen that way for me yeah you know and so part of that was forgiving um accepting Mm -hmm. and then making myself feel safe because it wasn't going to come from anyone else Mm -hmm. and i wrote the book with the intention of helping another person going through that to understand how complex families really are and the healing that's come for me like from this experience has been crazy because i have people messaging me and like oh my gosh i'm in chapter seven i'm throwing hands like yeah (laughs) i'm gonna go i heard about chapter seven yeah (laughs) they're like what the hell like how is this happening blah 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 and like they understand now you know porque in my family like i'm the villain Mm -hmm. i'm the one that came and split the family up and i'm like I split the family up. We're not going to talk about the adult here Mm -hmm. who's still.
0: I'm so sorry. You know?
1: And so I was like, Una familia así, pa que la quieres.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah. So I've found family outside of my bloodline. And that's what happens with a lot of us that are the observers and that are the black shapes. We end up finding people that are energetically aligned with us and we create things that help other people heal. entonces yo como que all of this process and even what I'm going to do musically, like, I want to help people heal with me because that's how I heal Mm -hmm. with words and songs. and Because sometimes una canción gets you through the night Mm -hmm. in your darkest moments, right? Like, it helps you get through it. And Mm -hmm. so for me, like, that's powerful. But in order for me to feel comfortable singing in front of people, I feel like I have to know them, like, Mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I would not go to, like the freaking shopping center and just start to like... Who is With bitch? your guitar, you know I mean? your little hat. Yeah, like I'm not down for that. I'm more like if it's... I don't know, if it's at an event and I know the people and they know my story, then yeah, it's really weird. Like I'm not trying to do... Like I've thought about it too and, and a lot of my influence comes from Jenny Rivera and how big of a fan I am and how I know her story and how I see myself in a lot of her stories. But she siento que ella sufrió mucho mm-hmm. and that, when it came time for her to be happy también like she self sabotaged mm-hmm. and she didn't know how to be happy but I'm like it, she's not to blame like her whole life was like that mm-hmm. and she just kind of reached for those moments right when she had them but mm-hmm. yo le miraba como que espiritualmente estaba cansada mm-hmm. and you can see it yeah you can see that and I mean I was I I met her and I like stalked her low key but I'm like a real <laughs> hey you're outside her fence and shit i know no i ended up meeting her at um cheeky's blow me dry opening one of her businesses that she had yeah literally months before she passed away yeah and she was so nice and she was on her blackberry she used to tweet a lot in her blackberry and i was like oh my god like my stomach was gonna drop out of my ass like (laughs) she's like she's right there you know Because for me it was chente and her yeah like the baddest yeah and so, como que se me quedó mucho eso de su vida de ella, and how she kept saying, I want to go home to my kids. I didn't have time with my kids. And when I, I, I went and auditioned for Tengo Talento, when my son was, like, a year old. And I was like, when do these people see their kids? Like, it hit me. Yeah. Because I was there the whole day, and so was Ana Bárbara, and so was Oncheto, and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, they don't have family time. Yeah. Or, like, it's a really hard balance or something. So, como que, dije, no, esta vida no es para mí. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah like, I'm good. <laughs> No, and then también, like, the industry is not the friendliest with women. Yeah. And especially regional Mexican. I'm like, no, para que alguien me diga a mí lo que voy a decir, lo que no dije tan pendejos. <laughs> no, menos, <laughs> menos. No, so dije, I'm just going to go and be a girl boss and open businesses and help people. And now that it's come full circle, I'm like, it's because I went and did social work mm-hmm. and I did all this healing that I know exactly what people go through. And the songs that I write, It's about everything that's in between falling in love and breaking up. There's so much more, you know?
0: You were exactly where you were supposed to be when you needed to be Mm -hmm. to get you to this place, to where music could be an outlet and also like a saving grace for some people to relate to. I feel like that's what we do the most is we Mm -hmm. try to find people that we can relate to Mm -hmm. so that we don't feel alone.
1: Exactly. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's what vulnerability has done for me. It's created space for not only my healing, but for more people and music does that to you
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just like there's different steps in grief like anger um how you say it? resentment resentment denial like all these yeah. different emotions right like the songs that i've been writing it's like i'm going through the process mm-hmm. through the songs mm-hmm. and i'm like damn that's so cool <laughs> like yeah. in my mind i'm like that's crazy but it makes a lot of sense because i'm like who in their mind that's been an artist their whole life like how would they know the story of all these people they wouldn't right and then like unless you're a social worker and you know a bunch of people's life stories you could write like that right and unless you're musically inclined you're not going to pursue a career in music right so como que yo mi vida makes a lot of sense to me now but i first had to go and start businesses so that i could support myself financially so that i could be a musician and artist freely Without anybody being like, no, you can't say that because the person with the money, the investor, doesn't want you to.
0: Yeah, now you you're know? doing it out of like your creative outlet and a way to serve.
1: Yeah, it's, it's your way. It's of another serving. form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I the book explains. Uh, one of the songs that i put out recently and people are like what is the song called i'm like it doesn't have a name <laughs> i just wrote it <laughs> and they're like when are you dropping in a shop a shopify what a i on spotify yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like you guys are for reals i'm i'm literally just fucking around and they're like no we're dead ass i'm like that's crazy and so i'm working on that but i'm like the timing of it whenever it feels right it's gonna come out like through. no pressure yeah because I also don't want like you know how well, when your videos go viral then your your stats take a shit mm-hmm. and like your engagement I'm like I don't like going viral for that reason cuz it messes with your community that you're yeah. building cuz then it starts showing your
0: stuff to other to other, p- other communities yep yeah. I know exactly so what you're talking like, about
1: Like I'm I'm glad it went viral and more people have awareness of what I was talking about but mm, that's one of the things I talk about that's not
0: all, all the things yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's like, let's reel it back in <laughs> <laughs>
0: to back to reality, <laughs> back to real life. Yeah. So um, in your healing journey uh, from what you experienced mm-hmm. and uh, an unfortunate uh, situation within your family, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. did you resolve any of the family dynamics? Was that able like like when you forgave your mom per se, like did that help your family dynamic or did you really just bottle that in and really not make it a thing? Cause I can't imagine being a seven year old little girl. Like I picture my daughter and mm-hmm. I just like, oh yeah, I'm flooded mm-hmm. with emotion. I cannot imagine
1: It's so hard
0: dealing with that.
1: Cause I it's it's almost like she didn't understand how she went wrong. And that's the part that makes it hard. Like, how do you not see it?
0: Do you think it's because of the way that they grew up and what they knew that it's like she really didn't have the tools mm-hmm. to be able to help you? Yeah.
1: So yeah. it's it's like I'm the empathy I have for her right doesn't let me be angry or resentful, and I'm
0: like damn. That's yeah. good for you though. Yeah. Because harboring hate or it's resentment, not gonna heal me. No. To
1: hate her or to hate him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's it's me understanding. All of the circumstances, and it's because I understand it that I was never like angry with her. I it just hurt to hear, like, well, at least he didn't rape you. And I'm just like,
0: yeah, you
1: know, like she was just trying to cope with it in her best way, but I was like,
0: no, I'm sure in her mind it had to have messed her up because it's like, as a mother, no matter what, even though she didn't have the tools. Or um, give you the support that you needed. Yeah. I think that still even as a mother, like, you're just like, holy smokes. Like, But it's, even it's, when you deal with your yeah. kids and they're having a tantrum, you're like, like how do I oh deal with God. you today? Yeah. You know, like, do I yell at you? Get on your level today. Do I punish you? Yeah. Like, it's, you're trying to figure it out all in the moment.
1: But you know what? It's habit, too. Mm-hmm. So, habit is so dangerous. hmm the thing with my family is that they're so used to keeping things hush-hush about whatever. Like see, Your family's still
0: in that very uh, yeah. vintage culture yes. of being Mexican. Like, oh,
1: I'm still going to say hi to her so it's not weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But this
1: was the same bitch that was talking shit two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, why not just address it, clear the air? But no, it's like habit of turning the other way when it's like small stuff. Que cuando pasa algo serio, because of habit... They're like, no, I'm not going to touch it. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's what I think creates dangerous breeding grounds for abuse. Cuando las familias son así de que no, pa' qué, pa' qué le mueves, like it's fine, así son ellos. Así, like, Pero la
0: cultura. Yeah. No, no, la cultura no va a cambiar. It's not going to change. You're not going to change. You can't teach a, a old dog new mm-hmm. tricks. You're not going to change that cultura. All we can do is moving forward and with the tools that you have Mm -hmm. and the tools that you've been given and all the things that you went through unfortunately to do better for Mm -hmm. the future because at the end of the day you're not gonna win
1: no and that's that's why it was important for me to talk to my grandma yeah and explain to her like this is why i don't come around because Mm i show up and they're all used to covering for each other and i show up and i don't cover for anyone Mm-hmm. I'm going to mess with their vibe because mm-hmm. I'm standing in my truth. Y nomas con estar ahí respirando,
0: am They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing
1: anything. Mm-hmm. Ni los estoy volcando a ver or whatever. And it's like, my sister will tell me, dude, the vibe changed as soon as you got here. I'm like, por eso me fui temprano, güey. Para que no se huite. <laughs> like,
0: Pero no eres responsable. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, no eres responsable. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, again, it goes back to that same thing is that they were conditioned a certain way and you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. It is impossible. And these are
1: the same people that were like, nobody gives a fuck at me. Like, why are you posting that? Like, <laughs> no one cares.
0: Oh, my, you know? uh, my, se me sal, como que es, I'm like, getting a- that hives. Like we were saying that you yeah, feel like, eso
1: para mí, it's like the fact that I have a community behind me is I'm in awe with the universe and I have not rushed to get here. I've gone at my own pace and I'm like this story it has to be
0: out there for whoever needs it yep
1: they're gonna be the first to say oh she just wants attention
0: yep that's how i feel about my testimony too it's it's my story yeah and it's gonna serve somebody Mm -hmm. and it's your story and you Mm -hmm. get to share your story it's your story so i'm doing it for an earlier version of myself and that's the only person i
1: care about yeah so if other people want to be like why is she talking about that she just wants attention that's your projection yeah that's not my responsibility and the amount of people that need this story to be out outweighs whoever's talking shit trust me in a heartbeat (laughs) like i do not care (laughs) and i and i've even said it like i have a dream of like going and getting grammys for this work you know
0: and what a disservice it would be to god for you not to show how he brought you to this other side Mm -hmm. what a disservice it would be (laughs) yeah yeah and it's to the community of people oh
1: yeah and it's it's crazy because people are not used to seeing like you know how they say like oh well, it's because people loud people are dumb or things like that like usually the dumbest people are the loudest i'm like no like we could be loud too It that's the problem that we we share that narrative of like you shouldn't be out here on social media saying whatever like mientras otra gente está with the mic you know like all the bro podcasts or they quickly stuff. want to
0: accuse you of like oh get over it yeah oh, Or you're not over yes. it or oh you want attention or mm-hmm. oh you're this or oh you're and it's like like, like i could care less and mm-hmm. i and
1: i mean at every single step of anything that i've done there's always commentary when i open posters they're like oh she's gonna leave her husband now excuse me <laughs> and the guy that said that his wife left him a year later Anale?
0: Andale por andar uh-huh. dos yeah. Andale. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I'm just like, you were projecting. Yeah. And it's not my responsibility. So I think that's been the most liberating experience about not having to worry about, oh, le voy a ofender a tal persona. I changed the names in the book so they can't sue me. <laughs> like, yeah. Trust me. I'm good. But yo tengo paz en mi corazón that what I'm doing is going to heal not just me, but a bunch of other people. And I could see this becoming like an experience type of thing with the music and like, could you imagine going to a place and like vibing with people that are there to like heal through it with you and like, oh yeah, let's take a shot. But like, I can just imagine <laughs> the
0: release yes, of exactly. emotion because mm-hmm. so many people carry so many things that we know nothing about. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: I mean, my story is one version of it, right? And there's there's so many different, levels of of trauma and and life person dynamics family issues like there's so many and i know because i've seen them all you know
0: did that experience make you hyper paranoid Mm -hmm. like um did it give you like what was some of your post-trauma from that experience like what are some of the things that you like dealt with did you deal with problems in like relationships in your marriage that stemmed from that trauma
1: well the first thing that happens when you go through childhood trauma is that you realize you're no longer safe
0: mm-hmm.
1: when it's not what happened to you is realizing that you're no longer safe
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: the moment where it like changes for you psychologically entonces that made me a hyper vigilant person i was always like watching my back like tenía un de pollo. Like, anything little sound i'm like Ugh. like yeah. right away me, me asustaba. and it breathed anxiety I, I mean, by the time I, I was done with my first year in college, I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I was always worried about pleasing other people because mm-hmm. I was trying to solve their problems as a distraction from mine. Because
0: nobody cared about yours.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, to top it off, I'm the middle child of three girls. Like, who literally, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No. And so I think that's why I also went into being a social worker. Yeah. And oddly enough, in the last year of my experience... I, even though I was working in hospice, there was a little girl in a, in a similar situation where grandpa was the one that was doing inappropriate stuff and the mom confessed it to me and I had to call a CPS report. And I, I had to keep it together during the call and doing the report. But after that, I was crying. I was yeah. I was crying uncontrollably for like 10 minutes at borderline anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. I was like, I became the person that I needed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And this mom advocated for her daughter yeah and so that was like wow yeah like i am exactly where i'm supposed to be at
0: i'm you so know? proud of you <laughs> Thank i'm you. so proud of you for getting to this place because i know it's taken a lot of courage i i never experienced yeah. that and i couldn't even fathom like i said i think about my daughter yeah and like how do you protect them it's like you can't protect them 24 7 but all you can do is promise that you'll be there for yeah anything but even then it's like i don't want that Mm-mm.
1: and it's like th- we do our best to protect them but there's hurt people out there walking mm-hmm. around with anger and and pain and it's it's hard yeah but i think too it's what's ironic is that my mom would always tell me like no it's like that was always in her mind and i'm like Does she call that in was i receptive to it because i was naturally the unseen child you know like it makes me question a lot of things
0: yeah so then i'm like i say the same thing to my kid like what do you do different now with your kid you know like what do you i teach them about their bodies but i'm not like terrorizing
1: them with it i'm like you understand like this is what this is called like i do it biologically and then i tell them This is not okay. This is like they need to know what's not normal. Mm -hmm. And they, children can feel it. No, they know. They know.
0: They know. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I shower my daughter and I tell her, oh, like nobody's supposed to touch your private, you know, and she's like, well, you're showering me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, but I'm just going to shower you really fast. Do you want to do it? Mm -hmm. Like, it's up to you. She, and she gets it. But then also, too, like it scares me for my sons, too, you know, like.
1: Oh, yeah. Especially because boys experience it, too. Yeah. If we don't talk about it, ellos menos. Yeah. Boys. And it's it's so much more like shameful for them to talk about it. And they grow up to become men. And I believe something like 30 percent of boys who have been assaulted go and become someone that assaults. Mm. so it's wow. it's it's crazy and i mean i was doing research lately for a program that i was gonna like i started a whole other company but <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how it was all connected because it's a teen pregnancy prevention program yeah. that i was going to create and bring to latinas and youth ages 12 to 18 but i did research on girls that have been sexually assaulted as children there's a twofold on the likelihood of them being teen moms so the risk is much greater for people who have experienced sexual assault to become young parents. Wow! And even though there's overwhelming research, there's no teen prevention programs that focus on sexual assault education and prevention. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Like no se está poniendo el foco a la gente, you know? And so I created the company to apply for these government grants, and my goal is to bring these programs to Latina youth everywhere. Because what I do at posters with the empresaria workshop yeah. is education yeah i'm like i want to teach girls how to advocate for themselves in the event that this happens and so i didn't come across this grant until like two months ago so i was like scrambling to put together a company and like it was a hot mess like no se puede hacer because the deadline was last week yeah and we missed it by like five days oh but i didn't see this thing until literally like end of february and i was like damn but now i know that yeah. i can't i can create another company and i know like the people that are for the job and i would be able to hire like friends of mine that I know that are education to do these workshops for the girls and like truly make change happen yeah. cuz las leyes lo hagan no.
0: you're here to serve yeah literally and I <laughs> love it i'm here for it yeah. everything you do is for people mm-hmm. and i can see it yeah. everything you do and everything that's happening in your life has been a catalyst mm-hmm. to to, to serving mm-hmm. and to really helping our community yeah and i know that that with how can i say this with uh the greater platform you have and the more voice you have the greater the responsibility and i think that mm-hmm. you're doing an incredible job Thank you. with like sharing your story and having the bravery to do that i think it takes so much courage it does. to like come out and say some of the things that you said outwardly because even then it takes a lot of healing yes to even get to that place yeah i mean for vocalize for
1: me to be able to share it without like breaking apart that that takes a lot of practice <laughs> that takes a lot of healing and i mean writing about it you know it was hard i had to relive it i had to relive all, all those moments and i'm like let me get through this so that we could all heal together So when i sign the book i always put may we heal together and i send it off and it's like that's the message for everything that i do and I know I'm in the right path because of how good these things feel, and how easy they unfold. Like there's no resistance.
0: Yeah.
1: And so the music thing, you know how I told you people are like vibing with it. I'm like, that's so crazy.
0: Yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> I you guys like, love it? I know. I'm
1: like, and and the, it's a song that's a little more angry. It's mm-hmm. like tosa su madre,
0: basically. Mm-hmm. But oh, people love that girl. Yeah. Give me a beer and some chingue su that's Yeah. Good to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's like the goal would be like if you came across this song naturally you're gonna go curiously looking at what else is there and then you're gonna come across other songs that are gonna help you heal through that anger which is like it's almost scam you into having healing
0: hey (laughs) everybody everybody's gonna be healing at the same time everybody's at home crying like in their closet rocking back and forth why are you crying against gabby thanks to her that's the goal that's the motive Yeah. yeah i think that that's the same The same reason I am doing this, the same reason to sit down and, like, just have conversations Mm -hmm. that need to be had. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, just share that there's people with the same Mm -hmm. story or Mm -hmm. the same type of story and that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank
1: you for having this platform and sharing it with me and trusting me with your audience. I'm always very mindful of that. And I hope that, you know, our time together here... Helped other people gain perspective and believe in themselves a little bit more yeah i'd yeah. have
0: to agree so if you could leave uh with some last words of anything <laughs> positive positive vibe yeah what would it be what are words gabby lives by like positive vibes honestly
1: be delusional
0: that, that is your face my i'm like favorite. girl i gotta talk to you about that because <laughs> there's some people that should not be delusional no. i know i know 50 some- 50 yeah they're like <laughs> like somebody that fathered my children mm. or should not be so delusional. delusion for
1: me means just having the audacity to believe in yourself okay right that's that's different okay let's say that yeah. yeah 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 so if if i can literally do what i've done today and i have no common sense girl that's the one thing god didn't bless me with girl same i don't know what, what i have is no that. situational awareness no. girl <laughs> we can't have it all god so yeah. let me humble you down right yeah. here yeah. And so, honestly, like, what, what is it going to be, what is it going to take for you to do and go after your wildest dreams?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just lose, que pierdan la vergüenza.
0: Yeah. se, se
1: sin, sin vergüenza, but in the best way possible.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like, stop worrying about so, what other yeah, people are going to say. Yeah, que te valga,
1: say. que te valga, dale vuelo la hilacha y vive tu vida.
0: Eso. Yeah. <laughs> Eso. <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that is a good way to end. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to drive, to bring me postres, some Mm -hmm. postres. If you guys are ever in Bellflower, stop by Postres. It's delicious. 10 out of 10. Thank you. I stop by every time. (laughs) And uh, I'm just really thankful again for you being here, for you being very open Mm -hmm. and for giving me the opportunity to sit down with you. It's always a pleasure. And I'm I'm just so thankful. And I hope thank your you. platform continues to grow. And I hope that we can find other ways to serve our community together. Yes. I'll be more than happy to always have your back.
1: Yes, likewise. Thank you so much. Period.
0: <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you for being here. We will catch you guys at next time's podcast. Ciao.